Welcome back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM, where you are joining Lyle and Lawson, who is who just revealed himself to be. <laughs> well, okay, please elaborate on that because you can't just say he just revealed himself to me and then nothing. revealed himself to be. And to I was be. going to okay. describe um, a man of God. He revealed himself to be a man of God. Praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. No, he was. Um, he said it is something disparaging about AFL, but so we won't go there. <laughs> Hey, we can go there. I'll let anyone know my opinion. <laughs> no, nah, that's all right. This is Faith <laughs> FM. We're not here to talk about uh, AFL. We have uh, bigger bigger games to talk about than that one. All right. There is a race. The Bible speaks about it, and it is the race of life. Let's all win it. Yep. Amen. That's the only sport that really matters at the end of the day. Okay. Here we go. Who am I? <clears throat> Who am I? So we know this guy's name's Jedediah. Yes. We know... Well, he's also known yeah, as... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also known as... He married the Pharaoh's daughter, but... He also had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. Who are wives of not royal birth. Yeah. So, this guy just, yeah, has lots of women. If you know who this is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. You will get a prize. This guy is famous for some things, and on that one, he is infamous. Yep, for sure. Uh, Yeah, so... Some rather, uh, yeah, dodgy things that um, that he got into. Anyway, if you know the answer, you know what our number is, 1-800-324-843, and there will be a prize coming your way. What are we going to give away today, Lawson? We need to find something in the prize box. Just, just anything. Anything you want. Yeah, but it's got to be anything that's good. Yeah, anything that's good that you want. But we in don't the prize have anything. Box. We don't have anything that's um, not good in the prize box. Yeah. So, so dude, we'll dig something just, out for you. That's the thing. It's just it's a mystery. We'll, we'll dig something out in a minute. We'll make. Uh, we'll let you all know what it is. Okay. So we were in Revelation chapter ten. That was what we were discussing. And just a quick reminder: as we go to our Bible study for today, if you have a struggle with the radio signal in your area. You need to do what everybody else is doing and go over to uh, faithfm.com.au on your phone and press play. Um, and you'll have a perfect signal Australia-wide. Either that or use one of the apps such as the the TuneIn radio app. I actually downloaded TuneIn on someone's phone the other day. So someone come up to me and they're like, I really want to listen to the radio. And I was like, well, I got you fam and downloaded TuneIn and bam, they're got, got ready the, to got go. Got the free version, showed them the hack. Yep. How to press yep. that little X. Yep. The l- they hit the right little X corner. button and they're good to go. They're up and running. And you, and you found Faith FM and put it in their favorites? Yep. Their only favorite? Their only favorite. Deleted all their other favorites? Yep. I was Absolutely. like, get them out of there. They don't, they don't need those. <laughs> That's what we do here at Faith FM. Don't let us anywhere near your phone. No. <laughs> if you would like help, just give us a, uh, a call sometime, and I'm sure we can talk you through the process so that you can have perfect signal. And, of course, you can run that through your car stereo mm. so that um, it's uh, actually better than using normal radio. 100%. Revelation chapter 10. All right, we're here. We were reading about a little book. Yes. This book is open in the hand of an angel, and this angel has the description of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the angel of the Lord, which is another name for Jesus Christ right here. We were looking for some identifying characteristics of this book, and at the end of yesterday's study, we noted that this book is the Word of God. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we know that it is the Word of God is because it is an edible book. Yes. Okay, so you have a book here um, called, on the desk in front of you, Lawson, I'm just looking across at it, How to Survive Armageddon. I think that was one of our giveaways, and if it hasn't been given away yet, then maybe we should make it our prize for today's quiz. Um, How to Survive Armageddon. Um, Lawson, would you like to eat that book? 
Yes. Oh, you would. Okay. <laughs> Please don't. To give it away. <laughs> All right. Um, it's not a general thing that we invite somebody over. Oh, why don't you come over to my place and we'll share a meal together and we'll sit down and eat book. <laughs> it's not something we do. Not eat our book. Like, do you, want, you want some book? Not edible. So when you come to a book that is edible, we need to find out what kind of book is edible. We're going to review this. We covered at the end of uh, yesterday's program, but it was only a... Uh, we were running out of time. So we're going to go through this in detail. Let's go over to John, chapter six. Man, now I'm just imagining like... Like like the best chefs in the world, you know, where they have like master chefs, book. but they're just like making a book, <laughs> like they're just bounding the pages together, and they're like, oh yeah, made a book, let's Lost eat it. In your imagination <laughs> is running away with you. <laughs> let's bring it back to what this is actually yep. about. <laughs> yep, let's go. Would you like to read for us John six verse fifty three and fifty four, please? Yes, I can. The Bible says in John six verses fifty three. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot in, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise that person at the last day. Okay, great passage right there. And I want you to notice here that Jesus tells them to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Yep. This confuses the disciples. In fact, yep. um, verse 60, in context right here, many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand that? Yeah. Which is pretty predictable response if somebody came to me and said, hey, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. I'd be like, yeah, mm. there's something going on here. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and so Jesus explains it. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus never says these kind of... He says these kind of things to catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was just great at doing that, coming out with uh, you know a real attention-grabbing, out-there kind of statement where everyone goes, everyone goes, what? And then he explains it. Yeah. But he's got their attention. They're listening. And so in verse 63, he says, It is the Spirit that gives life. My flesh, my body, my literal body, profits nothing. Mm. The words that I speak unto you... They are spirit and they are life. And so what is it that Jesus is telling us that we need to be eating? We need to be eating his word. Mm -hmm. How do you eat the word of God? Uh, you open your mouth and you get a bowl and a spoon. And Not Lawson's quite. imagination is still just <laughs> reel well, it in now, now. Reel yeah, it in, Lawson. Reel we, it in. We um we use the term like consume, you know, for for a lot of things like consuming information, mm-hmm. you know. And when it's saying eating the words of life, it, it just means to consume, to understand, Absolutely. um, to 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 yeah. To devour. To devour. To yep. devour a book. If you, are, if you devour a book, it's like you are reading and reading and reading and reading that book. Okay, so the Bible describes uh, this whole scenario here as the Word of God being uh, an edible book, yeah. so to speak, because God wants us to look l- at His Word like food. How often do you eat, Lawson? Oh, two to three times a day. And so then how often should you spend time in God's Word? That same amount of time. Yeah, I think that's a good illustration, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Jesus doesn't specify a particular time, but it, you know, yeah. he definitely illustrates that. You know, the word of God um, is just as important as uh, it says in one place in the Bible as our necessary food. Yeah, man shall not live by bread alone. If you go for too long without food, you're going to starve and die. And if mm-hmm. you go for too long without the word of God, exactly the same thing is going to happen. You're going to starve and die. It's yeah, as simple fully. as that. Okay, so. Uh, <clears throat> 
when we come to this book in the uh, Revelation chapter 10, this small book, we find that it is an edible book. Then we find that it is a book that contains the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, when John eats the book, what kind of experience does he have in Revelation chapter 10? It's, it's, it's similar to, uh, Lyle, have you ever eaten meat in your life? Yeah. Like, really? Like for a period yeah, of you time? Know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I grew up on the bush. Oh, okay. So, you know. We- here's what, here's what uh, and you'll find this interesting. I have rarely eaten meat that I did not kill myself or my brother or my dad. Okay. Well, you see, Lawson, who didn't grow up in the bush, Lawson who grew up in the burbs of, of Newcastle. He thought, he thought meat was something that came from a supermarket. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. But, so Lawson who grew up in, in he, he's had this experience before. And it's when you, you roll into the KFC drive through and you ask for a three-piece feed with, with chips and, and uh, gravy. Yeah. And you, you smash it down and it's sweet in the mouth. But oh my word, is it bitter in the stomach? <laughs> oh my word, does it wreck you, man? Like, like I think the only time you could eat, like for me, I could eat it is that night before I go to sleep. And even so, it's like it's so bitter in the stomach. Like it's so meat is so heavy, especially. And then, and then fast you wake food. up the next next morning, you feel like you haven't slept at all. It's like, like oh, uh, it's so <laughs> dead. It's just like sitting like a, a lump. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I get this experience. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I have had that experience. I probably not to the same extent. I tend to think that you know that fresh meat, um, home butchered and so forth, like we used to do it, yeah. and cooked at home. Oh, fully without all of that oil and stuff that hasn't been sitting around for six months in somebody's freezer. Yeah. It's probably a little bit of a different kettle of fish, but yeah, it is definitely uh, heavy food. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so um, if we read this experience here, what we find is that it says in uh, verse Mm 9, Revelation 10 verse 9, I went to the angel and he said, give me the little book. He said to me, take it and eat it up. It shall make your belly bitter and it shall be in your mouth as sweet as honey. Mm -hmm. So this is what we would call a sweet, bitter experience. Yeah. We often use the word bittersweet. Bittersweet. No, this is sweet, bitter. So it starts sweet in your mouth and man does it sit like lead in your stomach man that's like the opposite of a sour patch kid do you I don't even know what a sour patch kid uh, is okay so it's like a, I, I'm pretty sure it's called sour patch gummies or whatever how it's like I don't the, know what a cabbage the, patch kid is no 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 no. these are lollies and, and the, the ads for them is like first it's sour and then it's sweet and it's like they're really funny ads because it's like this like little gummy bear will push someone off a bike and then give them a band-aid and it's like first it's sour then it's sweet it's like the dumbest it's like the dumbest thing ever it's so uh, funny yeah and Lawson watches too much television I didn't think that people watch television anymore no it's not on TV it's oh. like get into the new new era this is some YouTube ads or some Facebook ads this there's is this thing called ad blocker yeah but then you don't support creators you know when you use ad blocker <laughs> then, then creators don't get money come on Lyle what do you want people not to have money <laughs> Labourer uh, not worth yeah, his yeah, wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. 
ad blocker. But then you know, on your phone, you have to pay for YouTube then to like to to not to not have ads. So, anyways, and, 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 and Lawson being Generation Z can't can't be uh, separated from his phone. And wow, and and, and and Generation Z, you have to understand something about Lawson. This goes on behind the scenes in the office here. Yeah, meme swapping. Oh, dude, it's my life. Like, <laughs> it's actually me and me and Lyle's son Harley. We're just oh, just going, just going hard. But anyways, we are know, so far such off topic. Is, such is life, you know. Getting back to Revelation chapter ten, we have a word. We have a book that contains the word of God. Mm-hmm. The reading of this book or the consuming of this book is going to create us an experience that is first sweet and then sets like lead in the stomach. It creates yeah. a bitter experience. So this mm-hmm. is what the Bible is talking about. Um, a couple of other ways that we know that this book is the Word of God. Let's just uh, work our way through them. Um, and things that we know about this book. So we know that it's God's Word. The next thing we know is that it is a prophetic book. Mm-hmm. So we're not just looking at, you know, the book of Philemon or something like that. This is a book of prophecy. Yep. Uh, because it is on the basis of this book that the angel proclaims mm. time no longer. Yeah. So this is a book of prophecy. It's not a book of any kind of prophecy. Mm. It's a book of end time prophecy. Mm-hmm. So we have a book that is God's word. It's a prophetic book. It is a book of end time prophecy. And it's going to contain a message that is based on Time, mm-hmm. specifically time coming to an end. Yep. Uh, and then next we find that it is a little book and an open book. Yes. And that it is open at the end of time. Mm-hmm. Now, when you put all of those characteristics together, there's only one book of the Bible that it can be, and that's the book of Daniel. Uh-huh. Yeah. The book of Daniel is God's word. Mm-hmm. It is a book of prophecy. Uh-huh. It is an end time prophecy. So mm-hmm. it's not dealing with, you know, the prophecy about, say, Israel going into um, Assyrian captivity or something like that. No, it's talking about our day. Mm-hmm. It has a message based on time. In fact, the book of Daniel has the longest time prophecy found anywhere in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <coughs> and as such, it's going to point us to clearly the end of time. It's a little book, just 12 chapters long. Mm-hmm. And the book of Daniel, this is something interesting. When the book of Daniel was written, the word was given, seal it up. In fact, let me read this to you. Yeah. Seal it up. This Revelation, uh, sorry, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. <laughs> Flick over here real quick. Uh, where did Daniel go? It's here in my Bible, somewhere. Somewhere after Ezekiel, Daniel. Here we go. Mate, you're struggling. struggling get you in the game. Yep. He <laughs> always tries to race me. Okay, Daniel 12, verse 4. But you, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Mm. And we're like, okay, the book is sealed. We can't understand it. No, I haven't finished reading. Until the time of the end. Yeah. So at the time of the end, when the angel comes down and places one hand on the earth and one hand on the sea and makes a proclamation that there is time no longer, the book is now open. Mm Mm-hmm. It is to be read, it is to be understood, it is to be studied. It has been, you know, closed for a very long period of time, but mm-hmm. now it is open and the message is to go out to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you've got taking place here then is um, <coughs> a prophecy that is going out to the whole world in relationship to the end of time. We need to find out what kind of time is coming to an end. In the Bible, there are three kinds of time. 
Yes. So there's literal time. Mm. Uh, literal time you would find, say, in the ceremonial law when it says, you know, on the first day of the seventh month, you know, you shall have a feast. That is literal time. Mm-hmm. Every 12 months that is going to come around. Oh, controversial one. No, not controversial, just true. Genesis chapter one is literal time and literal days. Absolutely. That's what we call literal time. Yeah. Okay, so let's stop there for a moment. Is literal time coming to an end in Revelation chapter 10? No, I can't be. No, and we're going to show you why, because we covered this a couple of days ago, and in case you are tuning in for the first time, let's go back here to Revelation chapter 10, and Mm -hmm. we will read what the angel says. So in Revelation 10 and verse 6, we find the angel swears by him that lives forever and ever, who created heaven, earth, uh, the sea, and the things that are in them, that there should be time no longer, but, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. that's a contrast word, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God will be finished. Mm-hmm. So the seventh angel has not yet sounded when this proclamation takes place. Mm-hmm. The mystery of God, which is the gospel, we looked at that in Ephesians chapter 6 the other day, has not yet finished its work in the world. Therefore, literal time has not yet come to an end. This is not talking about the end of literal time. So it's got to be another kind of time. So there's two other kinds of time that you find in the Bible. And the next one we're going to look at is probationary time. Mm -hmm. Probationary time is where a time period is set for a certain event to take place. Yes. Once again, we find that this is not probationary time. And it's a certain event in relationship to salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, for instance, when Babylon's... um, Time of probation came to an end. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the time that had been set for their opportunity for salvation comes to an end. The angel comes and writes on the wall. Mm. Many, many tackle your fast and your weight in the balances and found wanting your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians and it happens that night. That's yeah, probationary wow. time. In this passage, probationary time has not ended mm. because the gospel has not ended. No. Which leaves us with one kind of time, and that is prophetic time. What is prophetic time? Um, prophetic time is day for you. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I get everybody on this one every time. Um, that's symbolic time. Oh, yes, I- prophetic time. This is really. This is so. This is so simple <laughs> that you will kick yourself. <laughs> I love doing this. I'm sorry. I'm evil. I know. Um, but every time I preach on this subject, I do it. The whole congregation goes, they read I'm like, no, that's symbolic time. Prophetic time is a uh, composite word, two words, prophetic, prophesied, predicted time, a period, a predicted period. Yeah. So predicted periods come to an end. Mm. So here's what you got. You've got a number of predicted <laughs> periods in the Bible. <laughs> I know, Lawson's like, I hate, I hate Lyle right now. <laughs> Why you make he, me look so stupid? <laughs> I can't believe you did this to me. <laughs> uh, good fun. Um, I don't get to do this too often, so I'll yep. make the most of it when I can. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> okay, so um, there are a number of predicted time periods in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You have the 1260-day period. You have the 150-day period. You have the 391 uh, and 15-day period. Mm-hmm. You have uh, the 10-day period. You have the 2,300-day period. You have the 1290. You have the 1335. You know, we could go on and on and on. Talk about all the different... Can I, can I say something real quick? Not one of them wasn't symbolic time. So, is there a prophecy in the Bible where it's not symbolic time? Uh, yes. Which one? 
the seven years that were prophesied over Nebuchadnezzar. And others, okay. but that one does come down. All right, yep, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Prophetic times, predictive events. <laughs> Don't try and get over on me. On the book of Daniel and Revelation is my favorite part of the Bible. <laughs> if you'd like to try and get over on me, the number is 1-800-324-843. Give us a call. Anyway, the longest of those time periods and the one that extends the furthest in the future is eighteen is is the two thousand three hundred days that ends in eighteen forty four. Mm-hmm. And so, what the angel is proclaiming here is the end of prophetic time. He's pointing us to eighteen forty four. He's t- pointing us to the beginning of the seventh trumpet, which is the time of the judgment. Mm. Okay, so after this song, which is Anthem Lights with the doxology, we'll praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy With the doxology, we should Those start our own anthem lights. Do our own acapella. Do you want to sing with me a while? Sure, I'll go into partnership with you. Sweet. Let's. You let's. do the singing. I'll sell vegetables. <laughs> Faith <laughs> FM. <laughs> Tomatoes coming through them at Lawson. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is the this is the pick on Lawson day. I don't know how I got started on this today, but you I know what? It's up. okay. You know, bless those who persecute you. You know, spitefully. Use yes, you. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Good verse, Lawson. Take that to heart. Okay, let's get back to this study. This is a serious study, and it's a very cool right. study. So, prophetic time ends mm-hmm. uh, in 1844 because the longest time period prophecy in the Bible extends to 1844. It does not extend past that particular point. Yeah, the um, the work of the gospel obviously is going to finish. During the time of the judgment, that's you know obvious because it's going to take place before um, before Jesus comes back, mm-hmm. and 
Um, and, and, and so what you've got here is, you know, this is pointing forward to that particular event. Now, the interesting thing that you find here is the message that is going out in association with um, this sweet, bitter experience and the opening of this little book. So let's look at a couple of identifying characteristics of this particular message. Notice in verse 6, we're going to read this again. The Bible says, The angel swore by him that lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein, Mm. and the earth and the things that are in that, and the sea and the things that are in that, that there should be time no longer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when he makes this proclamation, he is quoting from a passage of Scripture. Yeah. A well-known passage of Scripture Mm. um, that is also quoted from in Revelation chapter 14. Yeah. And uh, verse 7, where is he quoting from? Exodus chapter 20. What part of Exodus chapter 20? Verse 11. And what is that talking about there in verse 11? Well, it's it's talking about creation, but to do with the reasons why people should keep the Sabbath. That's right. So this is so this is a direct reference to the Sabbath, mm-hmm. followed by the statement there will be time no longer. That's a direct reference to the judgment, mm-hmm. right? Followed by the mystery of God, which is a direct reference to the everlasting gospel. Isn't that so? Yeah. Okay, so here's what you've got. Direct reference to the Sabbath, direct reference to the judgment, direct reference to the everlasting gospel. Go to Revelation 14 mm-hmm. and notice what it says in uh, verse 6 and 7. Right, the Bible says, And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, um, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made heavens and the earth and the sea and all the springs of water. Man, that was really hard to read that because I've got that memorized in New King yeah, James. Yeah, I'm yeah, reading yeah, yeah, it yeah. In, in, in LT and I'm like, oh man. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> okay, but notice what you've got here. In verse 6, you have the everlasting gospel. In verse 7, you have the judgment and the Sabbath. Yeah. So these three key central thoughts are found in both passages right here. Mm-hmm. They are both referring to you know the same experiences, the same event, and yep. the same message. Mm-hmm. But in Revelation chapter 10, when this reference, when, when, when this message is referenced, the Sabbath, the judgment, and the everlasting gospel, it is then followed by a prophecy about a sweet, bitter Experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of our listeners on uh, Faith FM has been asking me some questions about this on uh, YouTube. We're having quite a lengthy conversation on it, and so this will be something that uh, um, many people will find uh, interesting in relationship to that question. And that you know takes us to eighteen forty four, the beginning of the judgment in eighteen forty four. Okay, to cut a long story short, the longest time prophecy in the Bible is the two thousand three hundred year prophecy of Daniel chapter eight and verse fourteen, which extends through to eighteen forty four when mm-hmm. the judgment begins. The problem is when this Bible uh, prophecy was first studied. Uh, there was a uh, a common belief in the world that no, this was not uh, the beginning of the judgment. This was the return of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. 
And so what that resulted in was a very sweet message. People got super excited about it. As you can imagine, if I came to you, Lawson, and said, hey, Jesus is coming next week on Tuesday, and here is the proof for it, and it was very, very convincing proof, you would be pretty excited, right? I would say no man knows the day nor the hour in which... <laughs> yeah, you would. You would. <laughs> okay. But no. let's say that that verse didn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. say that you weren't familiar with yeah. that verse. Or let's no, say you for sure. It's verse. very compelling, you know. You would be excited. It would be a sweet message. Yeah. You'd be like, sweet. Mm. Okay, it's a sweet message. Um, and then Tuesday next week, you're, you're all ready, you're excited. Um, the day comes, the day goes, nothing has happened. Now, how do you feel? Pretty bummed. Like there is lead in your stomach. Yeah, just the worst. And so you had a worldwide movement. It's called the Great Second Advent Movement. Out of all of the great reformations that our world has seen, this was the most global of them. Mm-hmm. And it sprang up simultaneously in many different parts of the world. And there were many people waiting for Jesus to come back that year. And many of them waiting for Jesus to come back on the 22nd of October mm. that year. They were looking for a very, very specific I time period. born on the 22nd of October. There you go. I'm a great disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> I'll hold my comments. Uh, there's other different. Uh, there's other different um, ways of looking at that. But anyway, sweet when you first meet him, bitter when you get to know him. <laughs> A uh, predictor of the return of Jesus Christ. Because the beginning of the judgment tells us that Jesus is coming back soon. So you're like John the Baptist. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I think you should claim I that. So like John Me the Baptist. Me and my mate John the Baptist. You. All right. There you go. Okay, so I found a positive one there for you. All right, so um, what happens, of course, is a massive disappointment. And so you've got a sweet, bitter experience. And then the message goes out, okay, now that you've had your sweet, bitter experience, you must prophesy again. They should have mm-hmm. read this. You must preach again before, this Man. is uh, um, uh, verse 11, before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Mm. And so if you go back to that, a lot of people then ask the question, well, you know, how can that be a movement of God? Yeah. You know, um, an epic, epic mistake like that. Mm. How can that be a movement of God? Mm. You know what? I am not so much concerned about the great disappointment of 1844 as I am concerned about the great disappointment of AD 31. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about this the other day. We're going to talk about it some more um, today and tomorrow. But in the great disappointment of AD 31, the message went out, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. That's what the disciples were told to go and preach And they believed that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom imminently Mm -hmm. And that's what they were preaching And Jesus did not correct them This was a message that they preached based on the prophecies of the Bible pointing to the Messiah Mm -hmm. Where they applied a literal application You know, a sword shall come out of Judah Mm -hmm. To a symbolic prophecy Mm -hmm. Made an epic mistake they misunderstood the daily service of the sanctuary and what the Lamb symbolized, and they misunderstood Christ's heavenly ministry in heaven. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, in AD 31, when Jesus died on Calvary, they were epically disappointed. Mm. I mean, this was a far bigger disappointment than the disappointment of 1844. Mm. But what is interesting, in 1844, you have a prophecy uh, going out, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We've mm-hmm. heard that before, haven't we? Yeah. Based on prophecy, mm-hmm. uh, where they've applied a literal application to a symbolic prophecy. They have misunderstood the yearly service of the sanctuary and misunderstood Christ's heavenly ministry. 
And once again, Christ has said nothing. And the answer is why? Very, very simply, Jesus was using disappointments in both circumstances to purify his church. There were a lot of hangers on us. Mm. It would have created a very weak foundation to start the Christian church on, and he needed a rock-solid one of people who believed the Word of God. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take
Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Oh, 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 I'm fine. 
Wells with Known here on Faith FM. We have come to question of the day time. It is time to dig into the question of the day and uh, find out the answer to what you have been asking. What is the question we have today, Lawson? All right, Lyle. The question of the day is, did Jesus have special help being perfect when he was on earth? Okay, now there's a controversial question. Okay, so let's think about this. I actually rephrased this a little bit, and, and, and I rephrased it like this. Did Jesus use any power that we cannot use in overcoming sin? Mm-hmm. Well, it's essentially the same thing. It's, yeah, essentially the same thing. I just like the wording better. Mm-hmm. So did Jesus use any power? Because the simple reality is this. Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. He never ceased to be God. There has never been a time when Jesus has not been God. And we all know that God has the power to be able to overcome temptation. Mm-hmm. And so if Jesus was using his divine power when he was here on this earth, then it's not really even hardly even going to be a temptation when Satan comes to him in the wilderness and tempts him with bread or takes him to the top of the temple and says, you know, jump or takes him to the top of the high mountain. And you know, these temptations are going to be very, very easy because Jesus is God and Jesus can just snap his fingers and it's like, Satan, you're gone, you know. <laughs> atomize you know <laughs> yep, <really. laughs> um, Satan right then and there the question is did Jesus use any of his divine power that is unavailable to us and the answer to that question is no he didn't if we go over to uh, Hebrews and we'll go to Hebrews chapter 4 I want you to notice what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our weakness, but was in all points tempted, and notice what it says, in the same way that you and I are tempted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the things that Jesus did when he came to this earth was he didn't just die for us, he also set an example for us. Now, it's pretty useless to set an example of coming down to this earth and saying, hey, all humans, watch this. This is how God overcomes temptation. No, we needed to know how a human being would overcome temptation. That's the only kind of example that's actually going to be relevant to us and have an impact on our lives. And so Jesus did not cease to be God, but he did not use any power in overcoming temptation that is not available to us. Okay, I think we need to to, to have that very, very clearly understood. If we go back to uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible says, wherefore in all, note the word all, in everything, he was, it was, uh, in all things, it was best for him to be made like his brethren. That's you and I. Um, us, the, you as the listener. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Why? For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, in the same way that you and I are tempted, he is able to help those that are tempted. And so Jesus did not use any power that is not available to us. One more verse on that, um, and then we've got a couple of other points that we do need to make in relationship to this because there is a difference between Jesus and us that's an important difference that we do need to take into consideration. Um, John chapter 14 and verse 12, because some people say, yeah, but Jesus did things that we can't do. You know, miracles and raise the dead and read people's minds and whatever else it might be. So therefore, he's using a divine power unavailable to us. Not so. Truly, truly, I say unto you, Jesus says, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he will do as well. And greater works than these, because I go to my Father. Um, and so once again, the, the power that Jesus was using to do what he did 
was divine power coming to him from the Father rather than innately within himself. It was a source of power available to you and I. Now, was there a difference between us and Jesus? Clearly, there's a difference between us and Jesus. Jesus never sinned. And because Jesus never sinned, there is no pathways of habit in his mind that leads to sin in the way that our minds lead us into sin. Because your brain wires itself, you know, it makes these shortcuts. We have a lot of shortcuts wired into our brain through sinning over and over and over and over and over again throughout our lifetime that are shortcuts to sin that, of course, Jesus, as a non-sinner, never had. And so was there a difference? Yes, there was a difference. And that's where the, uh, the significant difference was. Of course, don't forget, if you would like your question answered here on Faith FM, our number is one 800 324 Three. You can call through and send your questions through. We always like to hear what your questions are, or you can text up to us on 0491-064-669. Right now, we're going to listen to All Sons and Daughters with You Will Remain.
You're listening to All Sons and Daughters. You will remain here on Faith FM. Lawson, what are we giving away? We're giving away a book. Wow. As we always do. As we all... Not always. Sometimes we give away albums and movies and so forth. And this book is called The Sign by mm. Sean Booster. Good friend of mine, Sean, and a great book that he's written right here. And uh, he says on the back here that life has become very noisy in the 21st century. Mm. If you go camping, someone with a stereo system will move in next to you, go for a hike in the bush, and you'll hear the sounds of chainsaws and four-wheelers. Don't say what's wrong with that. (laughs) Uh, Walk on the beach and you can still hear aeroplanes passing overhead. There's no escaping the noise. Uh, We have come to think of relentless activity as noble, even though we secretly resent working every spare minute of every day. We actually feel guilty if we spend time doing nothing in particular. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm not an advocate of conspiracy theories, but... I have long suspected that the noise and pace of modern life is deliberate. Someone is trying to keep us incessantly occupied. Okay, so this is a very, very insightful book called The Sign. And if you are experiencing what uh, Sean Boonstra is experiencing Mm. right here, of the incessant noise, the incessant pace of life, the incessant bombardment of every form of media on your life, then you need to get this book right here. Mm. Okay, so the number to call is... 1-800-324-843, or you can give us a text on 0491-064-669, and you'll get this book. You need the first caller. Hit us, hit us up on the social medias. Of course, we love hearing you. We love hearing your voices. We love it when you call in. We love it when you're listening to our show and we get to interact with you guys because we just, we just love it. That's why we're here. We just love doing it. We love you guys. That's what it's all about. Okay, so don't forget if you'd like to know more about the Bible, then we have uh, 17 different courses available that you can do. Just give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and we will connect you with the Discovery Center where you can study the Bible.
craft for me Let me hide myself in thee Let the water and the blood From thy wounded side which flow Be of sin the double cure Save from wrath and make me Come